0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Revelation 4. It's not uncommon as a Christian uh, to hear someone expressing concern as they think about heaven, that maybe it might be a little bit boring? Have you ever heard someone kind of express that sentiment? Or I mean, is it just going to be one long worship service for eternity, for forever and ever? Won't that get a little old? Won't that get boring? Well, here's the thing. You do not have to worry about being bored in Heaven, And if you are concerned about that, I would encourage you, you should study more of what the Bible says about heaven. Because if you really are concerned about being bored in heaven, frankly, I think you misunderstand heaven, what it will be like, even the new earth, what we see scripture describing about eternity. I don't think you can rightly understand that and think it's boring. But I think there's an even deeper issue at play. If you really think heaven's going to be boring, not only do you misunderstand heaven, I think you misunderstand God. God is not boring. God is the most amazing, enthralling being that there is. And heaven is where he is. So if you are in his presence, you will be constantly amazed. And that's something our brains break on a little bit because there is nothing in this world that can give us constant amazement. But that's because there is nothing in this world like God. And what I want you to see is that it's impossible to read Revelation 4, I think, And to to come away with the conclusion, eh, heaven sounds kind of boring. If you really pay attention to what's going on here, you should say, what's going on in heaven sounds fascinating. This sounds like the most interesting place that there could possibly be. And I hope you see that as we go through the details today. And this connects with what we mentioned as we read through chapter one. We need so desperately a higher view of Jesus Christ. And here we, we, I think we see, we need a higher view of God and the glory of God in general. It's like sometimes when you have to estimate something or, or maybe your kids are guessing at the, the amount of something or the size of something. And they're like way low and you're like higher, higher, a lot higher. Cause you know, they're going up by ones and twos and it's like, they need to go up by thousands and thousands that's kind of like us. I think sometimes in our view of God, it's as if God is like, um, uh, higher, higher, a lot higher, right? What we're going up, we're increasing our view of God's of God by ones and twos when we need to increase our view of God by thousands and frankly, millions and billions. That's how high of a view of God we should have. And I hope this chapter elevates that. Let's look at the details of, of this chapter, only 11 verses. And then let's consider, let's try to meditate on this. And I want to encourage you to spend some time reflecting on the impact of this passage. So we see here in verse one, after this, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. So if we go back to that divine outline, um, I think now we are getting into the things that are future. Going back to chapter one, we saw, right, the things that you have seen, those that are, and those that are to take place after this. I think now we're getting into the things that are going to take place. And now in the spirit, he's looking in heaven and he sees a throne in heaven with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian and around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. So uh, one of the first things to notice here about this scene in heaven that John gets to see is the visual majesty of it. And We have to look at some of these descriptions and remember, he is trying to use human words, human concepts to describe the indescribable. Uh, You know, it it talks about a couple of times it had the appearance of, that's kind of saying it, it looks like this. He's trying to put it in some kind of category that we will understand. But what he saw was no doubt breathtaking. I don't hear a lot of people go to the Grand Canyon or Yosemite or Yellowstone and be like, "Oh, so boring." And they come back and they say, "It was amazing. It was beautiful." Right? There was a visual majesty that was enthralling, that was captivating. And if you were to see into heaven, you can't even find human words that do justice to just how majestic what you see is. You will not be bored in a place like That, And the next thing we see is the one on the throne receiving honor from the greatest things in creation. And this would no doubt be a captivating thing to witness. It talks about these 24 thrones and the 24 Elders. Now, there's a lot of debate. Are these just representative? Is this uh, some represent the Old Testament and the New Testament? Are these representative of Israel or the church or even are these uh, humans uh, that are the 24 elders or are these angelic creatures? And then we see more of the visual majesty, flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder, um, and the sea of glass like crystal. And then there's these four living creatures, which it it describes, again, by trying to compare them to uh, these animals that we would be aware of on earth. And so you've got these elders, you've got these living creatures, and, and You see these things really presented in also a majestic way. The the 24 elders, they are sitting on thrones. They have white garments. They have golden crowns on their head. Clearly, these 24 elders, these living creatures, these are powerful things, and they're all giving honor to God. Uh, That's another thing that should raise our view of God. These things that we don't even know fully what exactly or who exactly they are, but they are presented to us in, in these great and majestic ways, they are worshiping God and they're not bored. So that's another thing that should raise our view of God. Then we get into the substance of what they say. Day and night, they never cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Now, obviously, this is very reminiscent to us of Isaiah 6, where Isaiah sees a vision of the Lord seated on a throne and the seraphim are flying around him saying, holy, holy, holy. So this emphasizes the holiness of God. And Holy is the only attribute of God that we see presented in this way, really, of of creatures flying around God or around God and saying, holy, holy, holy. They're not doing that with any other attribute. And when we see these visions, I mean, we, we saw Isaiah say, woe is me. But when he sees this vision, these visions don't sound boring when we get a glimpse of the holiness of God. We also see something about how eternal God is, who was and is and is to come. So this is talking about an eternal God. We also see that he is worthy. That's the next part. Um, So the, the first part really is the living creatures saying that. The next part is the 24 elders falling down before him and worshiping him and casting their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. And by your will, they existed and were created. So there it it gives us this sense that God is worthy. When you get to heaven and there is, we, we do worship God. You will be thinking he deserves it. He deserves glory. He deserves honor. He deserves power. And some of the things it then highlights is really his role in creation for you created all things. And by your will, they existed and were created. So we see here a glimpse into heaven itself. And I hope you walk away from this, not concerned in any way that heaven will be boring, but you see this glimpse into heaven as something that is fascinating. And really it's not just heaven, the place that is Fascinating. It is the God that heaven is all about. The God that heaven is built around. He is fascinating. He is captivating. He is worthy to receive glory and honor and power. So that's the vision of heaven that we see here in Revelation 4. But I want you to leave now and to walk away and spend some time considering and meditating on this passage with this question If this scene is real, and really, maybe I should phrase that, since this scene is real, since this is what heaven is like, since this is what God is like, how should your life look differently? How can you live today in light of the reality of Revelation 4? And I want you to come up with your own list. I'll I'll just give a few examples. This is not an exhaustive list. You could come up with uh, plenty on your own. But one I would just point out is you should love corporate worship. You should love corporate worship. If we get a glimpse into heaven and what are they doing? Praising God, then you should love it when you get to assemble with other uh, believers and render to God glory, honor, and power. And again, we make that so often about us. Did I enjoy the music today? when it's about the one seated on the throne, the one who is holy, 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 the one who is worthy, that should get you going. And so it's not whether the music is my style or what mood I'm in or whether we got to to church on time or not. I want to be here to worship the one who is worthy and you should love those opportunities. This should be another reminder for us to pursue purity. As we see the holiness of God, we should remember what we read in 1 Peter, the command, be holy for I am holy. And I think whenever we see God exalted like this, it should increase our confidence. You should live today with confidence if your faith is in God, because he was and is and is to come. And he created and by his will, everything existed and was created. So my trust is in a powerful God. So there's a long list of implications and applications we should come up with from Revelation 4, and I want to encourage you to do that right now. But I hope we all leave with a heightened view of God and even a greater anticipation to witness this ourselves in heaven. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.